vision without strategy is basically like a sail without a mast. If I have a sail that's not connected to the boat, that thing's just going to flop all over the place and continual just catching the wind wherever it goes. It's like, now it's over there and now it's over there. And it's just like, but it's never going to carry a group of people forward. Welcome to the GrowAbility Podcast, your home for leadership, management, and marketing education, where we teach business and nonprofit leaders how to flourish in life and work. Should a nonprofit run like a business? Today's episode talks about the common challenges faced by nonprofit organizations with practical advice towards how to maximize your impact. Here are your hosts, Joshua McLeod and Bernie Anderson. Well, Joshua, today we're going to be talking a little bit about, about nonprofit organizations. A lot of the clients that I have happen to be in the nonprofit space. There's a lot of clients that I have in the faith space. There are three things that I've noticed that nonprofit leaders are uncertain about. Okay. One is they're like, hey, we're not supposed to make any money. So many nonprofit leaders are like, ah, oh, money. We're not supposed to make money. The second thing that I, I've seen a lot of my clients kind of come to me with is, uh, we can't pay for quality people. We don't, like, if you come work for us, like, you're just going to be broke like the rest of us. And the third thing, so not making, we're not going to make any money. We're not going to pay our people. And then our board doesn't really care about us. They just are up there somewhere telling us what to do. The board doesn't care except when they care. Or even that the board only cares about money, uh, paying people very little. And, and, you know, whenever whenever those two things that happen, that's the only thing the board cares about. That's right. And, and what ends up happening is so many nonprofits then approach their donors from this place of need and poverty and the Oliver Twist, please, sir, may I have some more? Like, <laughs> I need I mean, some more. Need some more. Our ministry Ooh. needs more. <laughs> so I don't think that's the way it should be. I think nonprofit organizations should actually not be this way at all. I, I've concluded that great nonprofit should function like a business and great nonprofit leaders should function more like CD- CEOs. What do you think, Joshua? Do you agree? Disagree? Woo! If we can answer this question on the podcast today, we're doing something because this is definitely a problem. When I think about nonprofit organizations, the process that goes through my mind is what is a nonprofit organization supposed to be? I think perhaps one of the most unfortunate things that ever happened to the nonprofit world is they were given the name nonprofit. Nonprofit organizations should be called for purpose organizations. And I I think that. that that's really a lot better of a name for what a nonprofit means. A a nonprofit organization doesn't mean it's an organization that simply loses money every month. Because if that's what a nonprofit means, then we wouldn't have any in existence unless people are going to work for free. There has to be more income than outgo. Right. If your organization doesn't make more than it spends, then that's called a broken organization. That, <laughs> that's not called a nonprofit organization. That's called an organization that's called an unsustainable organization. The difference between a for-profit and a nonprofit organization is that in a nonprofit organization, all of the extra money, and extra meaning you've paid all of your team extremely well, you've taken mm-hmm. care of you know, your office and doing all of the things that any organization should do, all of the extra money 
doesn't get divided to shareholders, that extra money is specifically used for the purpose for which the nonprofit organization was set up. Yeah, like that's good. A nonprofit has to make money. Right. If, if your organization is losing money, then it's on a bad trajectory. I think you really painted that really well, Joshua. A lot of nonprofit leaders actually are program people. They have spent their entire lives and their schooling and everything that they've learned to establish the best way to develop a community or the best way to you know, serve people in a particular area or whatever it is that they're doing. I think there's a complexity in understanding probably business principle number one, which is who is your customer? Because for a nonprofit, your customer set is at least twofold. Yeah. Your customer set is going to be your donors and your program recipients. Yeah. Well, do you have two customers? I mean, really, if you don't have any money, you can't go do the thing. So if you if you don't have a donor, right. you don't have a nonprofit unless you are funding it yourself. Donors should be included in everything that a nonprofit does. And if I don't see that donor as, in a sense, as important as I am mm -hmm. doing the work, then I think that there's a bit of arrogance in that. Oh, I'm the one that's so important. I'm doing the work. Right. Yeah, but you're doing it because someone else donated to help you. Yeah. If mm -hmm. you don't see your community at least as valuable as you, then you're never really going to fully grow a nonprofit that, that does what the nonprofit is designed to do. That's right, yeah. One of the things, Joshua, that I've found really helpful is sort of the whole thing that we in Growability use, the arrow uh, picture of what a nonprofit actually needs to consist of. You wanna, you wanna explain to folks what, what that means? It builds up all of the areas of a, of a good and healthy nonprofit organization. Yeah. So we like to use this analogy of it's sort of like a bow and arrow. So every nonprofit consists of three different areas. You have program services, fundraising, and then administration. If you think of that like a bow and arrow, the, the bow, the wooden bow is the administration. This is kind of what the structure that holds everything together. The fundraising is the string that you pull back. So the, the more funding that I have behind my nonprofit, the more I'm able to, you know, pull the string back. And the program is the arrow. So the arrow is the thing that shoots out and goes and, and does the work. You've got to have these three different elements. Yeah. Well, let's let's get let's get into some of this, Joshua. How does a nonprofit get out of the quagmire of uncertainty into a solid, healthy ground of growth and goodness? And maybe to simplify that question, how does a nonprofit run more like a business? So I want to kind of point to the board question that you ask. Most nonprofits are not founded the way that they should be. So they actually have board members who aren't qualified to be board members. They don't know anything about program services. They don't know anything about administrative and they don't know anything about fundraising. And yet they're your board of directors. I'm going to go start a soup kitchen. I need three people to be on my board. I need a president, a secretary and a treasurer. OK, uh, Uncle Larry, uh, Cousin <laughs> right. Sue and my best friend, Bob, yeah. you're in. OK, great. The problem is Larry, Sue and Bob don't actually help. 
the organization at all. Right. And now I have this one person that's trying to do all of the work in this nonprofit organization, and they're fundamentally crushed by it. So whenever I look at the question of should a nonprofit run like a business, the thing that goes through my mind is the first question is, is it running legally? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> legally, does it have a board of directors who are not just placeholders? Yeah. Just for the person listening who is like, huh, I'm running a nonprofit and Bill, Sue and Bob are my board members. Yep. What do you recommend for someone who's in that situation? Because it's kind of hard to go in and be like, hi, I'm the president of this company and I'm firing my whole board because that <laughs> yeah. sort of like takes the accountability thing and reverses it, right? What are, what are just some thoughts that you have for helping out somebody who's in that situation? There's two things. One is if you've got what I would say is the buddy board, right? then you've got to build the really quality business board recruit board members that actually have skills right. of program services, administration, and fundraising for your nonprofit organization. The second thing is you have to put a lot of work into empowering your board. It, it seems like you shouldn't have to do that. It seems like <laughs> the board should work so hard to empower you because they're on your board. But when people join a board, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to be a board member. That's they don't right. know how to support you. You have to advocate for yourself and you have to work really hard to give them things to do. The thing that will not work and that I see everybody turns to, and I've, I've turned to it myself, and it does not work, is complain about the board. That is not going to move the needle that's forward at all. You're not going to get yep. the support that you need. That's, that's like the children of Israel in the desert not going into the promised right. land because they couldn't get over complaining. So let me let me summarize. Step one, don't complain about your board. Step two, <laughs> recruit people to your board that have actual skills in nonprofit leadership and nonprofit management, nonprofit program mm -hmm. services. That's how you That's take good. your organization and, and get it from an unhealthy board position to a healthy board position. I love it. And and that's something actually, Joshua, I'll just mention this here. That's something that we can help you with. We we have expertise in our organization working with board members and um, nonprofit leaders. And sometimes just getting a third party in kind of helps with that. Yeah. People mm -hmm. join boards because they want to make an impact. Then they're confused about it. They're not able to make an impact. So they don't know what to do. A board retreat to come in and say, hey, let's let's fix this thing up. Yeah. Transformational and a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun to do. So what else do we need to do to help our nonprofit organization run more like a business? There's three necessary ingredients that every organization needs. Vision, strategy, and implementation. Vision without strategy is basically like a sail without a mast. If I have a sail that's not connected to the boat, that thing's just going to flop all over the place and continual just catching the wind wherever it goes. It's like, now it's over there and now it's over there. Yeah. And it's just like, right. but it's never going to carry a group of people forward. Mm -hmm. Strategy is the next step. Mm -hmm. Strategy happens by people who are gifted in strategy. So if I don't have vision, my strategy is kind of pointless because I don't know what direction I'm pointed. In. That's right. If I do have vision, strategy becomes a little bit easier. And this is something we can debate and decide what's the best approach to accomplish our strategy. 
But the third ingredient is like a sail and a mast, but you also need the boat. That's implementation. <laughs> right, right. Implementation is actually doing the work. I don't think that it's appropriate or ethical or moral for a nonprofit to say, because I'm a nonprofit and I have all this vision, I don't have to have good strategy and good yeah. implementation. To right. me, that's an integrity issue. I yeah. run a nonprofit. I feel more weight on you know making sure that I'm being a good steward of other people's resources than if I pay my own stupid tax or growth tax in a business. It's like, well, okay, I didn't get profit this time because that's right. I made that mistake. But in the in the nonprofit, it's like, oof, I, I feel that weight. So what would you say to the person that's maybe recognizing this today? What are some things that they can do to get better at any one of these vision, strategy, or implementation? And how would yeah. you coach somebody along that is maybe in that space? Absolutely. So the purpose of a team is to maximize your strengths and to make your weaknesses irrelevant. Hmm. Any nonprofit that is thriving is not doing so because they have a visionary strategist implementer that does everything. Right. They have figured out how to balance vision, strategy, and implementation. You have to have at least a B minus in every one of those areas if you are going to be running an organization. If you're going yeah. to be a leader at an organization, it is not okay to say, I'm an A-plus visionary, but a C-plus strategist. Right. Not going to fly. That yeah. is not going to work. Yep. If you're a D-minus in strategy, you need to become a B-minus in strategy. Now, mm -hmm. you don't have to be the best strategist in the world, but you have to be able to talk strategy shop. I've got my team out there, and they're digging ditches all day long, but I don't dig ditches because that's not my thing. Now, you've got to be at least a B-minus ditch digger, and you got to be out there digging ditches, and your team is making fun of you and like, please, just stop digging ditches. This is fine. <laughs> but they have to see you do the implementation. They That's have right. to see you do the work. Yeah. As a nonprofit leader, it is not okay to say, I'm an A-plus in this, and I'm an F in everything else, and that's just mm -hmm. where I'm going to go. You have to be at least a B-minus in st vision, strategy, and implementation. Yeah. And that's really what we set up GrowAbility to do, is to fill mm -hmm. that gap. Hey, if you're an A-plus visionary, great. I want to give you some tools to make vision more fun and more streamlined. If you're a C-minus visionary, I want to give you some tools to make your vision B-minus. That's what education does. And yeah. education in community is the most effective education. That's why we, we have this collaborative program. Right. How can I work together with other people, find some C minuses, help them get to B minuses. I'm an A plus in this. Maybe I can cross the line here and help you out a little bit. Business owners and nonprofit leaders kind of working together. No, I'm glad, to I'm glad that you mentioned collaboratives because I have actually thought multiple times while leading these collaboratives that, man, if 30-year-old me had had one of these, that it would have made a big difference. It would have made a very mm. big difference in how I led the work that I did in Central Asia. I mean, it just would have made a big difference. And so I, I just, yeah, for anyone who is in that spot, I, I would love to have a conversation with you about how to join a GrowAbility Collaborative because it's a game changer. It really is. 
Thanks to all of our folks who listened in today. We want to let all of you know that you're doing better than you think and you have more potential than you know. And we want to thank you for growing with us at GrowAbility today. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the GrowAbility podcast. Did you know that our podcast subscribers are entitled to a free one-hour consultation with a GrowAbility coach? Simply send an email to info at growability.com with a subject line free session to get started. The mission of GrowAbility is to equip leaders to flourish in their life and work by developing vision, rhythm, and community. Bernie and Joshua are available for speaking engagements, workshops, and conferences. Subscribing to this podcast helps GrowAbility equip leaders throughout the world, and we appreciate you tuning in. Thanks for growing with GrowAbility.